0: Chapter 23 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader South America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's Geographical Reader South America by Frank Carpenter. Chapter 23 in Argentina Life on the Pampas a long ride by train has brought us back to bahia blanca here we again take the railroad and are soon traveling through some of the great pasture lands of the world much of the country is fenced with barbed wire but a great part of it is still as nature made it vast pampas which extend on and on until they lose themselves in the sky now we see a flock of two thousand sheep browsing on the rich grass their white wool shines out among the dark green bushes we hear the shrill baa 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 of the lambs and the coarser voices of the old sheep as we go by over there on the horizon is a drove of horses mere brown specks against the blue sky and between us and them a long train of huge carts each hauled by eight oxen is dragging its weary way over the plain those carts are filled with wool and hides and the men who are walking beside them are driving the loads to the station in these pastures is found the chief wealth of argentina we might travel thousands of miles back and forth over the country and with the exception of the rude huts of the herdsmen and now and then the larger buildings of some rich farmer we should see little else than great flocks of sheep and droves of cattle and horses argentina has tens of millions of sheep sheep raising is one of its most important industries it has indeed so many sheep that if they were all divided equally each man woman and child in the country would have quite a flock the sheep are in large flocks they are kept in fenced fields or watched by shepherds on horseback they feed out of doors the year round for there is good grass here at all seasons we see neither barns nor haystacks as we ride over the pampas the inhabitants as a rule do not raise hay or corn for their stock it is only necessary to let the animals graze and to give them a bit of salt now and then they must also protect the sheep from vultures the sheep are shorn once every year the wool is cut off and tied up in bales much as we bale cotton it goes first to buenos aires or bahia blanca where it is transferred to the steamers for europe or the united states very few sheep are sold here for mutton they are so plentiful that there is no great demand for their meat and in the city you can buy chops for a few cents a pound within a few years however factories have been built to freeze mutton for shipment to europe where it will sell for from three to five times as much in these factories the sheep are killed and dressed just as they are for our markets they are then hung up in rooms which by certain chemical processes are made so cold that the meat soon freezes stiff in this state it will keep fresh it is now wrapped up in white cloths and carried to the refrigerators of the steamers which take it to europe as soon as it lands there it is thawed out and placed on the butcher's counters for sale it then looks just like freshly killed mutton and indeed it is said that when cooked it tastes like fresh mutton but let us leave the train and ride on horseback over the pampas here we are at the home of a shepherd what a rude hut it is its walls are poles covered with mud and its roof is straw thatch we have to stoop as we enter the door and we look about in vain for chairs for our party the hut is scantily furnished much of the cooking is done on the ground outside the oven is that round mound of mud which looks like a beehive the shepherd is an italian he lives with his little family all alone here away out on the plain he spends his day riding about among the sheep and at night drives them into that corral near the hut he works for a rich farmer who owns thousands of acres of land and more than one hundred thousand sheep the shepherd tells us that the estate or estancia is so large that we might ride all day in one direction and not come to its end we learn later on that much of the land of argentina is in large tracts land is not sold by the acre but by the square league which contains more than six thousand acres but suppose we go farther on over the pampas we gallop for miles now riding where the turf is soft fresh and green and now where the grass is gray dead and coarse this is the natural grass of the pampas the green turf has been pastured year after year when so used the coarse grass disappears after a time and a more tender and richer grass springs up but see that smoke away off to the right the flames are rolling up from the earth and the dense white smoke is blowing toward us is that a prairie fire down here on the pampas don't be alarmed there is no danger the men who have lighted the fire have burned a strip around their fields so that it will not go beyond them they are burning off the coarse grass and thorn bushes after such a burning a more tender vegetation springs up the owners say it makes the land better to burn off the grass once every few years but we have now left the sheep farm and are passing through a large estate devoted to stock raising we might ride eighty miles in a straight line and not get across it it has great droves of cattle and we pass herds of thousands of horses there is a place where they are branding the animals they have driven the horses into an enclosure fenced round by stakes now they have caught one with a lasso see they are driving him about in a circle now he is tired and they pull him down to the ground one man sits on his head and another holds him tight by a rope fastened about his front leg while a third seizes a red-hot iron from a fire nearby and burns a mark on his side that mark is the brand of the owner and by it he can claim the horse if it gets lost in the past there were droves of wild horses scattered here and there over the pampas there were so many that they were killed for their hides and tallow and one could often see horse hides tied to stakes and left in the sun to dry the animals were so cheap that they could be bought for a very few dollars, and every native owned one or more. Argentina has now some of the best horses of the world, and it has sales of fine stock where colts bring several hundred dollars each. It has millions of valuable animals, and it exports horses to Europe and to the other countries of South America. But look at those strange men who are branding the horses. They are dark-faced, and they seem to be very fierce what a queer dress they have. They do not wear trousers, but have blankets wrapped around their waists, the ends being tucked through between the legs and fastened to their belts. See, there is one standing at the side looking on. He has white drawers which extend down below his blanket and are edged with lace. Many of the others wear slouch hats. Each carries a whip, and all have knives on their belts. Those are the gauchos, or as we might call them, the cowboys of the pampas they are the descendants of the spaniards and indians they act as the herdsmen of the pampas they do not like steady work except such as can be done upon horseback and they are always ready to ride over the plains to watch or drive cattle they are very good men when they are sober but when drunk are by no means backwards in using their knives they are men of no education and are not very civilized we enter one of their houses as we pass by on our ride over the Pampas. We are in a mud hut fifteen feet square, and so low that we have to stoop down to come through the door. The floor is of earth. Those dry bullock skulls scattered about are the seats, and a rude table, a box, and a chair comprise the rest of the furniture. The cooking is done upon a fire outside the door. The food is usually beef and is roasted upon a spit over the coals. As the meat cooks, the gaucho's wife bastes it with the juice, which she catches in a pan as it falls. After the meat is done, it is cut off in large slices, being usually eaten without plates or forks. Each one at the meal takes a slice in his hand. He puts one end of it between his teeth, and pulling out the slice as far as he can, he draws his knife across it within a sixteenth of an inch of his nose. When his first bite is chewed up, he takes another in the same way, so that he really has no need of a fork. A favorite dish is carne con cuero, or meat cooked in the skin. The meat is cut from the flesh of the animal, with the skin upon it. It is wrapped up tightly, so that the skin keeps in the juices when it is roasted over the coals. We try it ourselves, and like it. End of chapter 23